Good morning. So, um, yeah, in, in prepping this preach, actually through the week, I actually said to Dan, maybe on, on Thursday, close of business, I will make a call if I'm ready or not. But I knew in my heart, God wants this word to go out. And it's not for me to say if I'm ready or not. He wants the word to go. So it was a tough week um, in terms of worldly preparation. And yeah, Lindy ch- challenged me, so are you ready? Have you prepped? And then I know there's some, something behind that question. Because normally when I do a presentation in, the, in my corporate job, it's well planned. It's well structured. There's a lack of flow. People understand it. There's a nice pitch at the end. All of it. And then Lindy challenged and said, but where's the space for the Holy Spirit then to move? And I was like, oof, okay. That was how I did it last time. So this time I said, okay, I'm going to listen to my wifey because she's my help me. I'm not going to prep it line by line, slide by slide, everything well done. So don't worry, there is a structure. There's an idea, but hopefully I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit will, will plant the seed that needs to be planted. And it's not me. It's a message that, and we'll, we'll touch on it where it was originated or birthed, but it, it will really help you guys in, in planting a solid foundation of one of the key values for us as Josh Jane. Well, actually, of, of a Christian. So I want to start off with, actually, my prayer for today and every Sunday and every time we meet together is this little saying that says, the mark of a great church is not how many people come, but how many people live differently for having been there. And I think that's my prayer. That it's not about the numbers that walks into the door. It's about how do we change lives once you go out of what God did here? Not because of the great preach or the awesome worship. Yeah, that as well. But that you've met the King and that changed your life. That's my prayer for today. Okay, so let's start with the preach. Thank you. <laughs> so let's just set the scene with this message fits in. So last week, we had an awesome teach by Justin about intimacy, your personal relationship, the Father's heart, and how to grow in that, um, in the spaces in between Sunday to Sunday. If I sum it up, happy. Okay. And then one of the challenges that I wrote down was through the spaces in between, through your quiet time, etc., this will not, Sunday will not be a place where you come and receive. This is actually a place where you come and contribute. This is where you give. Still happy? Fine? Everyone got that in the message? So that's the end of my preach, because now you're going to come and contribute. Everyone said, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I said, yeah, you, you agree, and now you're looking like a donkey plaza cake. Like, what's up with this? 
I'm honest. <laughs> it's time. Is there any testimonies? Anything that God did? No, we can, we can weave that in still. But I think that's the heart of what Justin challenged us and that I want to continue with. So it's almost a part two or a follow on of okay, what does it really mean in terms of the spaces in between Sundays? How does that look? So let's get a bit practical. Okay, so my, my preach needs to like a name, so you can go with it, Brian. How do we label people? And we all do it. Let's be honest. So let's, let's be fair. I've asked two people just to come and, and be my vol- forced volunteers. Um, so Ari... Um, just because I can go and repair the damage that will happen now <laughs> at home. <laughs> and then that's a rock-solid Yulandi. <laughs> so let's have some fun. Okay, we're not, we're not going to embarrass them. We're just going to physically practice what we said we're all doing. So what I'm going to ask you guys is to label them. Let's start with a more beautiful part. Um, with Yulandi. So, this is going to be a bit chaos, but shout out, if you look at Yulandi, let's give a label. Lindy will put it down and Kian will stick it to her. Okay, happy. Happy is one. Beautiful. Faith. (laughs) Best mom. Captain, you can also plug now. So no. Best mom, do we have best mom? Yes. Say again. Hard worker. Hard worker. Hard worker. Capacity. Well, this is an awesome volunteer, I must say. Maybe things will look different on that side. <laughs> but we'll see. Say again. Faithful. I think we've got faithful. A good cook. A good cook. Okay, let's pause there on this side. Because <laughs> I see there goes my old preach. <laughs> Good cook is important for the men in the house. <laughs> okay. So, same exercise. Eister. Sure. Respectful. Friendly. Diligent. Best Obut. You can be honest. It doesn't all need to be. It's family, yeah? You can be honest. He's hungry, always hungry, <laughs> which is true. He's a good sleeper. <laughs> huh? so, very loud. I, not this one, this one. 
Gentle, gentle giant. Oi. Cautious, yes. Leader. Oh, handsome. I'm not sure where that come from, but <laughs> single and we're going to keep it that way for now. <laughs> now we'll put that at the back. <laughs> Okay, can we get not a positive one? If, if there is, just to be honest, as family, a worshiper, and then we go a bit um, on either side, if you, if you know them that well and you feel safe, this is a safe space because I've asked for it, so if you, we'll, we'll bet for you. <laughs> that Procrastination. Driving Miss Daisy. Okay, that big word. <laughs> okay. Ermeri, uh, it's your time, Marian. Uh, going, going. Uh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Always right. <laughs> Doesn't need to be. Some woman says, but that's not bad. That, what, what's up with that? That's just normal. <laughs> I'll put that at the back. <laughs> okay. Thank you. So, I think for me, and hopefully at the end it will all make sense, or it needs to make sense. Um, that this, is, this is how we treat people. This is, um, we put labels on people. Luckily, 99.9% .9 was all good. Because, not because of the volunteers I've picked, but because you guys know them. And it was easy to put on. I think if I, if I needed to take you as a visitor for the first time, it would have been difficult, because we don't know her. So let's park that idea for now. Thank you for being a sport. Thanks, Buta. And you can put it on your... On your Bible or on your things, it wasn't too bad. You guys did well. Okay. So keep that thought. So next slide, please. And I'm not going to do everything with slides, don't worry. Um, okay. So labeling my family or labeling people. If I talk family, it's not necessarily blood family or where I stay. It's, it's this. That's the context of our discussion. So... How did I get to this message? We're going to touch on that. So I, I want to give you a context, and we're going to hit everyone, and hopefully at the end it will all come together. Okay, how do I get to where I am today in terms of the message? Why I think it's important? Give a bit of a foundation to what we end up with. Next one, my favorite is how. If you ask Lindy, if you ask my family, I'm the little owl. And I know there's people that can raise their hand. They're part of it. Because we ask, who? Who moet ek het doen? Who? Who wil jy dit That's why how is important always. And then last, 
I want to pull it, try and pull it all together and challenging you guys to a bit of an introspection of what does this mean to me? What's my current reality? So what I tried to depict in this picture, there's not fancy straight lines from the middle. It goes a bit wonky and it goes a bit, because that's how my prep was. And I'm trusting the Holy Spirit that the message that will come today is not like that lines. Where the Holy Spirit will, will work into each and every one of your hearts straight. And that he, that he talks to you. So it's not a condemning message, firstly. It's, it's an encouraging message. But if you feel it's a condemning thing, please come and talk to me afterwards. Because that's not the heart. It might stir you a bit. It might stretch you a bit. And that's also good. But I think it's in a safe space. And my heart is to encourage you guys with what we're going to chat about. Okay, so where, let's go to point number one. Where did this all start? Let's go to picture number one. So some of you might have seen this pictures. Just to give context, this was when me and Lindy went to Cape Town to be prayed in as elders. And as we stood on the stage, I'm looking that way. So just to give context in that picture, I was looking that way. So the people that was there can imagine where this is going. Okay. So the question is, what or whom do I am looking at? What do I look at? Who am I looking at? Me. <laughs> you were not there. No. Okay, the second one. Thanks, Rian. Um, so it's not that bright, but I was thinking about something. So I saw something, and then it started, hmm. And I know where Ari gets his procrastination from. <laughs> so when I saw, I started thinking about things. And then the last picture, when I thought about it, it made me smile. And that's the heart of what I want to give to you guys today. This is where it was birthed. This message, when we were prayed in, standing on a stage in Cape Town, in a drive to Cape Town and back, things that was discussed, things that was said, that's where it all started. So it's not a something that I dreamed of on Saturday last week or based on this. It was a thing that God placed on my heart that Saturday afternoon, and it just links in so much with Dan's preach of storms, Justin of intimacy and the spaces in between, that I felt, this is what I want to share with you guys today. So that's where it was birthed. So now you know. Okay, so point number two, or bubble number two, is the lacquer pot, the why and the how. But luckily, the why and the how we'll find in Scripture. So this is the portion, that's the preach, but also the foundation to get to point number four. Because if we don't understand the foundation, it might look like my scribbles. It's all over. And hopefully, at the be- oh, I trust, now it will still be like, okay, where are we heading to? But just, just, how big fast? So the first verse I want to look at is Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. 
very familiar scripture. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So I think this verse was, was, was widely used in the past of encouraging us to come to Sunday, to attend the church, and that's still valid and it's still good. But what about the spaces in between? Is this verse not true for that as well? So that's the link with this verse to the spaces in between, and we'll unpack it now. So sometimes circumstances, traditions, trials, trials we may go through may cause us to drift. It drifts from hope, it drifts from truth, and even the plan or the calling God has for, for you as an individual. So if we look at only verse 24, where it's consider how we may spur each other on. I get spurred on in spur at times. Lekker chippies, lekker burgers, all of that. I had a friend that says, when you go to spur, even the chicken salad, everything tastes like spur. Everything tastes the same. But we get spurred on sometimes in spur. But in this, and then help me if I get it wrong, when this was written to the Jews back then, it was tough to being a Christian. So they came out of a very traditional point of view where, as Wilco prayed, luckily we don't need to slaughter a sheep at the, at the entrance and then we are free to come into God's presence. This is now free for all. So it's something new for them. They didn't know how to handle this. And then prosecution came. That was their general life. That was their trials, their circumstances, the traditions that, that held them back. And here the writer says, but spur each other on, motivate, encourage. And I think in the direct translation from the Greek, to push or even irritate your brother in reminding them of what Jesus did for them. It's almost irritating in terms of the way people are encouraging you. Just wait a big fuss. Just remember what God did in the past for you or for a brother. Just hold on to that. We need to refuse to get stuck by negativity and take responsibility for your own life and of other people. I think that's the basis of this verse. Yeah, we need to take responsibility for our own lives. But I can only pick myself up so far by myself. I think, Tony, you've got this nice thing. You pick yourself up by your shoelaces. It's tough if you do it on your own. And pretty difficult. We should have done that as an icebreaker. I have some youthies trying to put them, pick themselves up by their shoelaces. If we, if we dive into verse 24, don't stop meeting together. I think it's the, the summary of that. It's corporately on a Sunday and a Wednesday, but also in the spaces in between. And I don't want to repeat Justin's message. If you haven't listened to it, please go and have a look, because then the two will fit nicely and you'll understand. So as the Jews or the early Christians needed each other to mutually encourage each other, so do we. We need each other. Christianity is not a single or a solo sport. We are never called to do it on our own. 
So we, so I'll raise my hand. I'm the guy for structure, admin, all of that. So I love that. But we need to say it now that being part of a WhatsApp group is not the same as being part of family. You cannot contribute your uniqueness, your gifts, on a WhatsApp group unless you're very fluent and gifted by poetry or writing nice essays. But just communicating stuff where we'll meet, that doesn't make you family. So it's important to learn that. Just being part of a WhatsApp group, are not, you're not part of family. You're just in the inner circle of admin, which most of you will say it's quite boring. And I just get info. I don't experience life on a WhatsApp group. WhatsApp group. So my airtime, my English is, is not that much, so we'll, we'll push along. So based on the WhatsApp group as well, and I think I'll read it again. Um, two weeks ago, we, we shared about what church is. So many believe that the sole reason for coming today or to a, to a service is to have worship and to get a teaching or a preach which is halfway right, I, but that you can do in your home as well. I mean, internet, you can get a good preach. You can even hear Andrew preach probably as we speak in Stellenbosch or anyone in 412. You can lie on your sofa and do that. Then you can put on nice worship and you, that's also good. So you can get both within your slippers and your pajamas with a cup of coffee and not sit on the ice-cold, hot, white chair among other people. So you can tick those boxes. So before we get on to why not that, I want to read this little piece that I had last week as well, just to make sure we land that. As church attendance number fades across the nations and online services become very convenient, it's important to remember why church attendance for you and your family matters. So just pause there. If we say church attendance, I think we've landed. It's also the spaces in between. You don't serve from your sofa. You can't have community of faith on your sofa. You can't experience the power of a room full of believers worshiping together on your sofa. Christians aren't consumers. We are contributors. We don't watch. We engage. We give. We sacrifice. We encourage. We pray by laying hands on the hurting. We do life together. The church needs you, and you need the church. So getting together, why is it so important? For me, it's it safeguards me against drifting. So drifting is just one degree left, and then as you see, oh, off you go. The truth was, yeah, off you go. So that's why getting together is important. And by getting together, we actually exercise what we're going to do in eternity. We're going to be together in His presence. That's eternity. And by doing this, is that's what we practice. That's what we do. So if you're not willing to stick with me for in this time for 10 minutes or 
over a bra or watching rugby or running in the mountain with some other blokes, we've got an issue because you're going to do that in eternity and where are you going to hide? I'm not sure if the houses will be built in such a way that you're going to lock the door and it's only you. I don't read that in Scripture. I, I don't think that's what the intent is. So we make up church. Church is not a building. It's people. We provide strength for one another, like we said, for prayer or through prayer to each other, through fellowship and encouragement. So I want to ask you, when last did you pray for someone at a braai or a coffee? When and who did you encourage or have encouraged you in the last week? Because that's what we've called to be called to do. So on that, I just want to share a quick testimony of what happened on Friday evening. I'm going to share what happened at junior youth. So we as elders, we got together. And it really was just getting together, building relationship, eating an awesome malfa pudding, having coffee. And it wasn't five minutes, and it became a, a prayer session because two of the elders need new houses. And, and it was so encouraging. We went and have a look the earlier the, the afternoon to a place. Dan and Renee went to probably 10 other places through the week. And our minds were just, oh, it wasn't lacquer. We can't find something. It's expensive. And that's all true. That, that's facts. But just having community, having fellowship with each other, people, and we prayed into the situation. We prayed with Chad and Nikki and the other two couples, it was, it blown my mind that how I left that nine o'clock compared to when I walked in, because I was just surrounded by like-minded, God-loving people, and we could have made a practical thing, a topic of fellowship around with God, and that was so encouraging for me, and another testimony was me and Lindy had a chat, so we needed to pack up the house and, yeah, reality again. And Lindy made a comment, you know what, now on, a, on an evening we need to, are we packing 10 boxes or having someone over for, for dinner? What, what do we do? And we both start laughing because we said the reality is whoever we're going to invite for dinner will sit in the kitchen with us and pack those boxes. And how funny is that? That's just, no one does that thing. No one helps you pack your boxes, get into your space. It's just, yeah. So, let, <laughs> so let's quickly go to 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So a lot of comfort in that verse on the screen, but also a lot of comfort to me, saying, I don't need to do this on my own. If I just read that verse, it says, I will be comforted by the Lord through fellowship with you guys. It gives me comfort. It gives me a safe space. 
And again, how do you get that from your sofa? Being a loner. It will be difficult. So sheer individual commitment and efforts is not, in is not enough. So I just want to say that again. Sheer individual commitment and efforts is not enough to keep you in line. If you think you can do this on your own, you're actually just prideful. Pride is an issue in your life. Because you will be the first person in the history of the world that made it on, a, on his own. If we look at Jesus, even, he had three guys that was his close base, that he shared his heart with. He had multiple of, dis of disciples, but he kept three guys very close that he shared with. So even Jesus didn't walk on his own. So togetherness, accountability, and encouragement linked to an honest humility you find in family that's connected in love, that is what keeps you anchored. So I want to say togetherness, accountability, and encouragement keep you standing in the storms. That's what keeps you anchored of life trying to sweep you away. So your participation protects your personal relationship with Jesus. So as Justin shared, one of the things that I wrote down in my little notebook is the quality and the depth of my relationship with God is dependent on me. Because God is constant. He doesn't change. So if my relationship changes, and we all say He's constant, then the other party is the one that goes up and down and through issues and looks like my little scribbles. Which is true. But it's it's the effort, it's the intimacy, it's the things we put our focus and our effort in that makes the difference and whom we are doing it with. So we do it as a church. We, or the elders, or Chad, is not asking to bring your skills or your fancy personality or your money. That's not what we're asking for. All we're asking is you are called to family to bring your heart and your love for people because you were loved first. The rest will follow. Then there will be an opportunity for you to bring your gifts and your talents and your skills and your money where God leads you. But the first ask, and I think that was what Lindy shared based on Trev's word, God is asking our whole heart wholeheartedly. He's not asking for just, just the pieces you are willing to give, but Lord, I'm going to keep this. He's, he, through our church, asks us, bring us your whole heart, because then we'll make a difference in, the, in George. So let's get to the fun part. So that's the why. Okay, tick one, tick two, let's go to the fun, the how. So I think we've touched on it already. I think there's three points that I want to share. So the first one is Christian fellowship of chomps, friends, Mikeys. And, and the, the example we have in the Bible, and I'm not going to read through it, you all know the stories of David and Jonathan. Which, and so we can 
pick a few, where people had a friend that kept their arms above their heads. Moses, we know. And sometimes adversity or things that circumstances forces us face to face that we need to associate, associate with people and different people. But God made us for communication and fellowship. That's part of your DNA. That's why you were created. We all need other, others, and they need you. I need you to speak into my life, or else I'll miss out on stuff. But sometimes we make unwise associations. We pick wrong friends, a wrong employer, a wrong employee. And that bad choices puts us in adversity. So I think the first thing is the how, is make sure you surround yourself with Christian friends that has the same values as yourself. So even if we look at one in Corinthians, how do you say that in English? That in Corinthians. That we know is the chapter of love. But I think... That highlights also, if you want to have a tick list, some people need tick lists that we can tick off. If you want to say what's the characteristics, not only of love, but of a true friend, go to that love chapter. A true friend is patient, it's kind, it's humble, it's polite, it's selfless, it's positive, it's rooted in truth. He will tell you if you become fat. He will tell you if you need to shave. He will tell you the truth, but he's supportful, he's hopeful, and he's enduring. That's a quality of a good friend, and godly friendships are a blessing in your life. So the second one, in that relationships, how accountable are you? Are you open to be accountable for things, for people to speak into your life? Because being a Christian does not relieve us from my personal responsibilities. Just because I'm a Christian, now I can do whatever I want. That's not true. Although our sins have been forgiven through Jesus, we still are all responsible for our behaviors. So what you do on earth matters to others and to God. So some will say, but my relationship with Jesus, it's personal. You're 100% correct. I believe it's personal, but it's not private. There's a difference. You need people to hold you accountable on your conduct as well as your character. Because if you only look at yourself, you will always be okay. Ah, I could be better here, but I'm actually okay. I'm not as bad as him. I'm actually okay, but who holds you accountable? And there I want it for the couples that you're married. It's not your spouse. It's a good soundboard, and it's someone you need to have in your accountability circle. But if it's the only one, there's something to consider. Because your wifey will always say you're okay. You're not that bad. She sometimes will eat you a bit and make... But sometimes she's so mad at you, you will always do something wrong. Like she's always right. 
Eh? And we know it's not true. But who else do you go to if you and mom or your husband, if you don't see eye to eye on an issue? Do you just, okay, then we have a stalemate and that's it and off we go. Or do you have someone that you can go to and say, listen, we have this thing that we grapple with. Can, can you help me? Can you speak into my life? Maybe I've missed it. My wife says this. I don't see that. What do you see? And that's how we grow. So who did you check in this week on your conduct or your character? Who did you go and say, hey, I see this. I don't think the way you speak to your wife is glorifying to God. Or the way you spend, oh, you spend a lot of time at work. What about your kids? Or are things in balance? How's things with your, your exercise program or your, your work? Are you okay? Are you fine? Did you spend time with someone and say, but I want you to speak into my life. I want you to help me see what I can't see, which is my blind spot. Hence, it's called blind spot because we can't see it. The last how is we need to be people that encourage others. We need to be an encourager. We need to be in the heart of to encourage people. So no sense in someone coming to me as an accountability partner, I just slut them. I just tell him of everything that's wrong. I don't think that partnership or relationship will, will hold very long. But we need to be a heart of encouraging people. We are all called to encourage one another, continuously and in all circumstances. So now I come to the fun part. If we can go back to the slides again. So, the fourth red bubble. So, where did this start? Why is it important? How do we do that? If we put all of those three together, it's, you can go, 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 all of that. We've covered like a good teacher. And it, okay. We've looked at scripture, why it's, it's important. Another one? That's, okay. So, I just... This is just an example, and I didn't want to print it out, but I want you guys to get the concept, and then whatever we discussed, I want you guys to go and apply it now in this format. So I'm just going to explain it, and then leave it for the Holy Spirit to do the work. I can send it to everyone, but you can take a picture of it as well, but it's not finished yet. Don't take a picture yet. So, okay. So you're going to have to go to the next one. We're going to rate... Everyone with a color. Okay. So we can even go as far and putting a color on the guy that sits next to you if you want. So we've got green, yellow, red, and blue. Nothing to do with my, my outfit, please. <laughs> hopefully not, because if you understand what we're going to, hopefully I, I picked the wrong color. Okay, so let's, let's look at what it stands for, every color. So if you think about someone, and you read his name, and the first thing is, who? Never. I have no idea who you're talking about. You give him a blue. Okay, we're going to show you. Let's first do the, the slittle, what the key. 
and then we'll, we'll see how we fill it in, because it's important how you fill it in. So the blue one is that, ooh, I've got no idea who you're talking to about. Okay, next one, the red ones. I at least know your name. I've met you at church at one time. I think your name is Dave. Yeah, yeah okay, we've, we've at least met and those kind of things. Okay, next one, the yellow or orange. I've ate from your brine, know the color of your kitchen, your favorite cup. I've, I know your home. I've been there. Okay. If you, if you can put that against someone's name, he's getting a yellow sticker or a yellow color. Then the last one, I have cared with you in your pajamas. <laughs> and I have your heart. I know what the struggles are. I can vouch for you in a crowd. I know you. Okay, so how do we populate this matrix then? So if you say, you, so you are on the, what's this, the y-axis, eh? Okay, so if I take myself Nardis, so if the first block, I need to write Chad. Which number, what color will I give Chad? Then I'll go to Nikki, Dan, Renee, and I just put a bunch of names there. Okay, so everyone understands. So on the horizontal, you put your relationship with the guy at the top. Happy? No? It's like, what? Happiness. Everyone. Okay, everyone is, yeah, sorry for the blue. So that's my relationship with others. goes that way. So if you've populated if everyone populated it, if we had a big chart there at the back, and, you, and everyone can fill, it, fill in their names, and then we get here on Wednesday maybe, and we open the door, and you can come in, and you can just pick your name at the top and read it down, what it will say. That's how others view and experience you. So you fill in horizontally what you think of people. But the effect of the matrix will be if you can come and I take my name at the top and I come down, I can see what Chad's view of our relationship is. Because he rated it like that. I just read it on that way. Okay, everyone followed? Sorry, it's a bit um, scientific maybe, but... So if you want to have a sticker afterwards and you want to label someone, let's see. So I think this, the important thing of the introspection is how many green buttons or green blockies are there in your line and vertically. If we color in that chart at the back, for the 120 people we have on our list, give or take. Make it 200 people if you want. And we stand where I'm standing and we're looking at that wall. What will be the major colors that comes? How many green dots do we have? How many red ones? Hopefully not a lot of blue. Because if we have a lot of blue, we're in trouble. We're in big trouble. If it's not... To the majority green, there's lots of work to do. We're missing a key value. We're missing scripture that we went through the why 
And even the how, we're missing that. We are missing out, and you are missing out on what God has for you. And I think part of the thing is we need to lean. That's why Kuna's thing was so good. Is we need to lean on each other, because if we lean on each other, we form a picture. And that picture is Jesus. How do we reflect Jesus? So we are praying on a Monday. We have our guys on our bookmarkies, the names. But what do we invite them into? How do we draw them into it? Because we save them out of stuff, which is great. And Jesus will do the saving. But then he gives it to us and say, I've added person X to you. What are we going to do with him? Where do we slot him in? Will he always stay a blue number? Or will we quickly upgrade him to green? And again, this is an encouragement. This is not a condemnation. It's maybe a bit of stock take and say, okay, where am I? Where's my priorities? What do I feel? Where's God landing on this? So ending up with why we want so many greens. And again, back to where this started off. When, when I stood with Lindy there on that stage, with Chad and Dan at the back praying for us, I had a look to the left, and there were people willing to drive to Cape Town with us. So I think all of them are green in my, in my books. On my line, they're green. But I know there were people that they just couldn't make it that's fine. I have them as green as well because they, we've got messages, people prayed for us, and we've got encouraged. That's it. So that's why I looked to my left and I thought, why will people drive for a day, drive back that same evening, get home at one or two in the evening for our five minutes that we stood on stage? Why will people do that? And that was like, hmm, why did they do that? And that was the third picture. God dropped into my heart because you're part of family. People value what we can bring and what they can bring into my life. So that's where we landed up. And then back in the driving back, Justin asked a very important thing. Or we sketched the, the picture last week as well when he, when he touched on who's the guys that has the ropes for your mat that's being lowered to Jesus' feet? Who has that four corners of your mat? And he asked us, so for the people that was there, it's this massive hall in Cape Town that we were at, probably about 4,000 people fitting in there, I guess. And we had the thing of, if one guy stood up there and, he, and let's say Ryan or Andrew asked the question, Okay, Pete, can you just stand up there? Yeah, good. Lekker. Who knows Pete? Who can vouch for Pete? And we know what's happening in Pete's life. How uncomfortable will it be in that crowd of Josh Jenners or 412ers that we say we've got the value and no one could raise their hands? This is a hypothetical scenario. It didn't happen. I'm just asking. So even if Chad comes in, and he comes in now from wherever he's been, and he rushes in and he sees someone, and he says, Fernando, can you just stand? Who's got Fernando's heart? Who can speak into 
his life, or if I ask a question, not only his com leader, but who else has his heart, understand his heart, how many green dots can we fit on his beard? Because <laughs> we've got his heart. And that's the question I want to land up with. So in closing, today God might be calling all of us from an island. If you feel you're on an island, your line is scattered with red and blue. God is calling you for a more fulfilling, more stimulating adventure to grow deeper in your intimacy and in your walk with, with God. A depth you cannot reach on your own. And the reality is, if you could have done it on your own, you would have been there already. So there's certain reality checks. Why aren't you at the level that God has called you? Because sometimes we try and slog it out on our own, and we just can't. So if that's you today, and the Holy Spirit is stirring something in your heart of your line, scattered with blue and red. And it's not for you to step out. It's because you realize, if I don't, I miss out. I don't grow with Jesus. Because I don't have people talking into my, into my life. I don't build with people. I, don't, I miss out. And the church that God is, Jesus is coming back to is missing out. So if that's you, yeah, I'm not sure if we... Yeah, I don't think, don't come forward. If that's you, and you want afterwards prayer, please come forward then. But don't go out and just, yeah, oh, it was a lucky message, uh, off we go. It was funny, and there are a few stickers. I, I, yeah. Don't leave if there's something that you want to come and, and talk about. And I, I understand, but I'm not there yet. How, how do I take that forward? We help you slot into a community, into family. That's my heart, that you are catered for in the structures that's there so that you can grow in the spaces in between. So alone we can go fast, but yet we tire quickly. But together we go far. And the, everyone that was at 412 last year, and there was a tagline. So you need to complete it. I'll start it and then you complete it. We are all stronger together. together. And I think that's, that's my heart at, at the gathering. So what, what did I say? Conference. 412 conference. Sorry. We're all stronger together. And that's my heart.